you're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 42. And today we're talking about how you can embrace becoming a brave master. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business. Your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'm very excited to be hanging out with you here. Happy Monday. Welcome to a new week. I can't believe that we're really just barreling through this year already. We're already more than halfway through January. So how has the year started for you? Uh, do you have an air of positivity about? Are you feeling positive and excited about your goals? Or maybe are you feeling a little, a little apprehensive or a bit overwhelmed with what, you know, what's coming up, the goals that you've set? Maybe you don't have a plan. Maybe you don't have some goals. Maybe you haven't even started your new year yet because you're, you've still got the kids on school holidays. Whatever it is, I've got your back. I have created a business growth planner for, I actually created it years and years ago. I've been using this business growth planner myself in business for the past 25 years and uh, I've put it together and I'm giving you a copy. All you need to do is head to samanthariley.global forward slash plan to grab yourself a copy because one of the biggest things I've learned from being in business for such a long time is that when you lack a plan, you lack results. So a goal without a plan is just a week and, you know, if you've had enough of wishing that your business would grow and you're just hoping that you're going to achieve your results this year, then, you know, sometimes you need to start doing something different. So I've created this plan for you, the Thought Leaders Business Growth Planner. Head on over and grab yourself a copy for free and take some time out and sit down and fill it out today. We're talking about getting on your brave and we're welcoming Jenna Rodriguez into the Thought Leaders Business Lab. She's a business brave and visibility strategist. She's a speaker and founder of Brave Masters Inc. And she's committed to accelerating your visibility, catapulting your profits and unleashing the full human potential of entrepreneurs all over the world. She teaches people how to capitalize on their natural abilities which is totally what I'm all about. And today she's going to talk about three ways that you can get your brave on. So without further ado, let's just jump into this episode. I welcome into the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Jenna Rodriguez. Welcome to the show, Jenna. It's so great to have you here in the Thought Leaders Business Lab today. I am so excited to be here. This is like um, just the, it's kind of like the finale of my great day. So you're like the last thing I've got to accomplish today. 
and I'm just really excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Such a pleasure. And I love it that we can be speaking on other sides of the world and I'm sitting here having my morning coffee. I think that is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, after you, I'm going to go eat dinner. <laughs> Yeah, that's so cool. Now, we're going to have a great conversation today about being brave and being courageous and standing out and, um, you know, growing our business. But before we do, I'd love you to share a little bit about your business and the kinds of people that you work with. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, my company's called Brave Masters, and I am a business and brave visibility coach and strategist. And predominantly, I work with coaches and consultants because it's what I am and it's what I know mm -hmm. uh, very well. And I've been an entrepreneur myself for t over 12 years. And, uh, and I really help entrepreneurs and, and coaches, consultants, etc. really find uh, their authentic self and package and price their natural gifts uh, and ultimately get uh, brave about their visibility because I know how scary that can be yeah. uh, and, and help them profit, enhance and make the, the money and the lifestyle that they really desire. So yeah, it's, it's so much fun. I just get so much fulfillment out of it. I love that. No, there's something that you said that you probably didn't even pick up because you know, that all happened really quickly. I love that you said that you work with coaches and consultants because that's what you know. And I wanted to tap in there before we even went yeah. anywhere because I find a lot of people are really confused when they decide that they want to set up their, uh, their business and move away from a job and into entrepreneurship they get confused about what it is that they want to do. Can you tell us a little bit maybe about what you were doing 12 years ago that has helped you to move into this space and, and do what it is that you know? Uh, yeah, that's so funny how you caught that, right? <laughs> um, no, it's good. It is. It's, I know it is a challenge. I, I, I second that. Uh, I definitely know it's a challenge uh, for people. And, uh, and so, yes, you know, 12 years ago, I was in corporate America or 12 and a half, 13 years ago, I was in corporate America and I was a controller. I was helping, I was a consultant <laughs> inside of a company, right? I was employed mm -hmm. and I was a consultant uh, in um, setting up people's books, helping them profit enhance. I was basically called an outsourced controller. Uh, and so I would go into other clients, you know, businesses and help them with that conversation. And yet I was doing it for someone else, right? Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. um, clearly working for someone else. And then, and I then had this um, amazing idea called, I want to do something on my own because I want to <laughs> do it on my own terms and, and figure out how to you know, make more money and, uh, and not be limited. And so I came across this business that was for sale that was um, a boutique, a women's boutique. Now, it mm -hmm. might sound like it's completely off the chart. Like, why did that come up after being an outsourced controller? But this is the beauty of it. And I think this is kind of speaking to your point all the way along. I've always taught um, and basically coached from a place of what I already know. Uh, <laughs> and so when I found this business that was a women's boutique, I had been a fashion designer. I had been a makeup artist. I had been in marketing and sales and then a controller, mm -hmm. right? Like all of that in a span of maybe, um, I don't know, 10 years or something like that. So when I saw this storefront, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be great. I can bring all of that together. I can bring all the skills that I have and bring it into this business. Well, the thing is, um, even in the newest, even in our best intentions, that business lasted for about a year. 
I made a $300,000 the first year in business. Um, however, I had pretty heavy overhead. Mm -hmm. I had, you know, the rent and the employees and the inventory. It was a lot of going out versus coming in. And when I, I made the 300, however, I, I had $700,000 in debt uh, between all of that that I just listed. And so I actually found myself two months behind on rent and cash flow poor. Um, mm. I was struggling to, to keep it afloat. And I ended up finding, uh, sitting in front of a bankruptcy attorney, attorney, and she gave me very few options. She's like, here's two options, and you basically got to decide what you want to do. Uh, and what was most important to me at the time was my two-year-old daughter, my nine-year-old stepdaughter, my family, my house. I was like, my sanity. I was yeah. like, I am pulling my hair out and I can't, I can't get out from under this cash crunch. Yep. Um, so I made a hard decision and I closed the business and, um, and had to file bankruptcy. So that was kind of my cost of doing business and, and not, it not working. Uh, and so things happen like that in business. And that's where I got my brave on is the decision I made the next day was number one, I don't want to work for anyone else. Mm -hmm. Number two, what do I know that I can sell? So mm. back to your point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I'll be honest, the first thing I did was go back to what I knew. And I was like, okay, I know how to outsource control. I just don't want to work for a company doing it. I can do it on my own and make more, way more to four times the money per hour. Right. Yep. Um, and so I actually called my ex boss, which was brave in itself. Cause I had to kind of like tuck my tail and go, <laughs> not a I call that fail. anyone would want to make, right? Uh, no, but he was actually beautiful and supportive and understanding. He knew that, you know, he knows business can be tough. Right. Yeah. Um, and so he was more supportive than anything, even though I was scared to death to make the call. Uh, and I asked him, I said, listen, I'm, I'm just looking for a couple contracts, wondering if you have any that you don't want to serve yourself. And you know my work, you know what I'm capable of, um, and just I need to pick up a few things uh, on my plate in order to pay the mortgage. Yep. <laughs> and she, sure, sure enough, you know, just the nature of asking, I had no idea. He could have said no or just didn't have anything. Um, he actually had two projects or two client prospects, and he said we couldn't take them on, but I bet you could. And he said, so here's the names. And uh, sure enough, I picked up a couple contracts for um, doing what I know to make the ends meet, right? Just to get the money started. Now it wasn't my dream to continue to do that kind of work. However, it served a purpose clearly. Mm -hmm. um, then I turned around and looked at my husband who at the time was running a web and graphic design company. And this is where I get a little braver uh, is because he, he was, he's also a musician. And so he was doing both at the time, but he, he was making kind of part-time income on the website. And I said, you know, I really could help you here. I have design background. I have a marketing background and I have the sales background. I could get out there and we could probably pump this business up. The only thing I don't know is uh, websites. I mean, I don't know how to build them like you do. I said, so if you can just tell me what HTML stands for, I'll go sell it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. There's not, sometimes you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. Uh, so in, and so, yeah, and that lasted that partnership and that business quadrupled and we got it, you know, just under that six figure mark. So he, like I said, it was part time. Um, and, 
And I was like, why am I not hitting that six figure mark? Partly, I think I had some money blocks. So we can talk about that if we want. But um, another thing was I wasn't leveraging myself visibility wise that in a way that really started to bring in the, the most leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, it took me a good four or five years to realize I was missing this, right? I was like, mm, something's missing. I'm not quite stepping up my game. Yep. Um, this is a good income, but divided by two, right? It's a household income. And, and that was where the $89 an hour on my, my bio that I shared with you. I'm like, I was making $89 an hour. So I was yeah. capping out. Yep, I yeah. was capping out, you know, capacity wise and, and all of that. Um, and so that was the year 2012 was the year that I fired my husband with love <laughs> and just said, I love you, but this isn't working. And I said, and you really don't want to do websites anymore. That was happening for about a year. He was getting really kind of um, disenchanted with the yes. idea and, um, but not saying so, not doing anything really different about it. Yep. And I just had to call it. I was like, look, I'm not happy. You're not happy doing it this way. I think I can do more if I go out on my own and do take over the business, but re rebrand it and redo it. Uh, and I said, and you really want to go back to your music. I know that's who you are. Yeah. And it was not an easy conversation. I know I say it lightly right now, but you know, that five and a half years ago when almost six years ago was because I said it in December, 2012, um, we, we were on the rocks. Even our marriage was starting to suffer. So it was a hard time, but I mm-hmm. knew something had to change or mm-hmm. I was going to lose all of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 2013, I rebranded and then I started teaching again. What I know <laughs> was after four or five years in web and graphic design uh, and branding, I became very clear on what brand strategy was all about and branding and, uh, and all of that. And so I just focused in on that um, and started to take the business to a whole new level. And within the first year, number one, I completely blew the six-figure mark. I crossed it. I made 65% more income than the year before. Mm. Um, and then I, over the next four years, I generated over a million dollars by doing it differently and teaching what I knew. Mm. And since Mm. then, now, you know, me as brave masters, I've actually rebranded and now I'm obviously focused in more. I don't do the branding anymore, but I do more, um, clearly business strategy, profit enhancement because I've, I've been able to make multi six figures every year, you know, and now we're moving our business up to the, you know, the seven figure mark. Um, and you know, and, and it's a process and it's a learning curve. And, but I think to your point, every single thing I've done, I leaned on what I knew well so that I could help people that didn't know what I knew. Right. That's what you sell. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. We've got resources all around us. It's about being resourceful and tapping into what it, what is already around us that we haven't even acknowledged is there. Yeah. That comes naturally to us, but you know, it's kind of like second nature or or something we don't think people will pay for. And it's like, no, that's the thing people are going to pay for is the talent and gift that you already have. So, so so true. What, I mean, that was an amazing story that you shared there the, the one of the pieces that I pulled out of it is that every time that you made uh, a big pivot, you know, the, yes. like when you shut your store and you had to call or you chose to call your old boss or when you decided to fire your husband at the time, those things right. that, that were the huge pivots that made the huge difference in your business was something that was super duper uncomfortable. Super, <laughs> super. <laughs> yes. Like with a, you know, exclamation S. Yeah. <laughs> exclamation point, right? 
yeah. um, uh, capital S, but it was, and it, that's where the brave conversation came in. Um, I've been speaking about, honestly, well, let me just say this. When I was standing on a stage um, speaking in 2000, I think it was 13 or 14, uh, 2014, I believe, I, I was making a point. I was just sharing my story, you know, sharing my content, whatever I was talking about. And this statement came out of my mouth and I was, I didn't know it was going to kind of show up. Yep. Um, I said, entrepreneurship is not the easy way. It's the brave way. Yeah. And I was like, where'd that come from? Like afterwards. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I wrote that down and, and then it started to take leg, get some legs under it. I was mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. and then I started asking myself, I'm like, what is this? What, I, where did the brave thing come from? How, you know, what is that all about to me? What does it really mean to me? And, and then I realized that I've been brave my whole life from the day I moved out at 14 from my house, because I was dealing with an abusive household abuse. My mother's boyfriend was physically abusive, alcoholic, drug addict, you know, and I was like, I've got to get out of here. Right. So yeah. for me to be able to call my mother at 14, I'm an eighth grader, eighth grade. I was like, I'm not coming home. I can't do this anymore. Wow. Um, uh, and I was like, brave. And then I went to the next brave. I was like, well, what did I do next? Well, uh, started college at 16 out of necessity because of the bullying. I didn't want to put, I, I was done with the bullying that I was experiencing. I'm like, how do I get myself in a better place? And um, there was this opportunity to go to college full time and get high school and college credit. And uh, I was like, sign me up. So I started college early. I finished, you know, high school and college with basically two years of college credit. Mm -hmm. um, then I moved my started moving myself. Uh, and then I went to Ohio State and, you know, work. Uh, and, and I'll just say this, I've done all this and I didn't finish college. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you don't have to have the piece of paper to be successful. Let me just no, say that. <laughs> you definitely don't need a piece of paper. Your, your success, you the success stories that you help your clients achieve is your, your paper enough. It's yes, it's your, it is your degree in that, in that sense. Absolutely. And it is your proof, right? It's your proof. And I'm not saying don't go get your degree. I'm just being, telling you what happened with me. Yeah. Um, yep. And it, it just didn't define me was the biggest message inside of that. Yeah. Um, the next brave was me moving myself, me and my cat all across the country. I mean, I moved to Chicago and did makeup artistry. I moved to Atlanta. I did a marketing and sales position. I moved myself from Ohio over to uh, LA for a while mm -hmm. by myself, like completely on my own in my early 20s. And I was, yes, partly finding myself, trying to figure things out, all that. But who does that really, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, uh, and then to come to, and come to end the end of that and found myself basically homeless and, and uh, jumping from couch to couch, like, hey, can I sleep on your couch for a few months? Like it, it was not an easy road, but it was a brave one. Mm. Um, and let me just say this, actually, I just saw this, uh, like a couple months ago, I was on another interview and, and the lady asked me a question and I was like, wow, I've never seen this before. And what I saw, and I think a lot of people are actually in this space in some way is the, the brave that I experienced, uh, the first half of my life or, you know, first three quarters, whatever was 
um, out of necessity, it was a survival mechanism. Yeah. So I had to be brave, right? There was a have to because I was mm -hmm. in such a turmoil or got to get out of here or have to, you know, do something opposite. Sure. Then it reached a point where, okay, my life is actually pretty good. I don't have that kind of desperation and panic and whatever. Um, and then there, there, it turns a corner. And I think this is what I think people really need to take inventory of is you've got to create your necessity. If you're really not in dire straits, like a lot of my situation was uh, early on, you've got to find your necessity. You have to put your brave on every mm -hmm. single day to up level, to scale, to grow, because nobody's going to be pushing you out of the house. Nobody's telling you you're homeless. Nobody's taking, you know, like your bank is maybe you're too comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so where do you find the brave? And so this last couple years, probably in the last, you know, five, six, seven years, I've chosen to be brave and that's actually harder. Mm. It, it totally and that's is. the distinction. Yeah. I hear all so. the time, you know, there's a, a big um, theme that comes out of in interviewing amazing people like yourself is that, you know, these pivot points happen at times where our backs are up against the wall. So I love right. that you've said that you need to create your necessity because, yeah. um, and I'm sure you hear this all the time, people say, oh, but it's different for you. You're so brave. Well, yeah, we all right. can be, right? <laughs> it's not different for us at all. It still feels uncomfortable. It's still fearful. It still makes our our palms sweat. So what, right. what are some ways that we can create our necessity? What, what are some tips you can give us to help us understand how to create our own necessity? Yeah. Um, so very good. Yeah. So one of the things, uh, there's two things that I'm hearing. Hopefully, let me hold them in my, my, my vault here. <laughs> I don't forget them. <laughs> Um, one is that I be, I found that in, in, you know, basically throughout my life, I, I just, I wanted more choice. I wanted more freedom. I wanted more freedom of time and location. And that was the biggest lesson I learned from running the store and then shutting the store down was it really wasn't what I wanted. I wanted yeah. location freedom. I wanted uh -huh. to be able to work from anywhere. Yeah. So I've created that. Um, and so I'm freedom obsessed. So that's part of my necessity is how do I gain more freedom and freedom of choice and freedom of time and money, et cetera. And I'm not there yet. I'm not done. I, I have more to go. Mm -hmm. and, and so that pulls me forward. That's one of my necessities. So yes. you got to find what that thing is that's going to pull you forward. So mm -hmm. you got to just do some inner work on that. Uh, because the number one, and kind of reassess it periodically because it changes. I mean, I've got older kids, I mean, a 13-year-old and a 21-year-old, and yet, you know, now what's next? Now what am I pulling myself towards? You know, sometimes it's like, oh gosh, I have these little toddlers to take care of, and that's a necessity. But yeah. what, what happens when they become more independent? Who are you then? Yes. Um, uh, or when money comes, gets a little more comfortable if you're there, uh, or you've got a second income or what have you, then what's going to pull you forward. And so you've got to really hone in on what do you want more than anything at this stage of, of your life or, or, or world. Then the number two thing is what I call the three ways to get your brave on, um, in regardless. And mm -hmm. number one is you have to make a decision. And I think a lot of people, sorry, I don't know if you heard that ding. <laughs> <A lot of laughs> no. people, um, okay, good. A lot of people sit on the fence 
And to be honest, it hurts. <laughs> it's not comfortable to sit on the fence, even though it looks like it. Because what if I, you know, what if I, this happens? What if that happens? And yeah. you're sitting on the fence trying to make a decision. The point is you got to make one. You got to pick Just one. Just go either the, way. Either way, right or left, right? Pick one. Um, and because ultimately you can make a new decision, right? You can choose right or left again. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. like the end of the world. So then if you make a decision and get off the fence, number two is commitment. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I see is a lot of people in business, especially, I mean, we're talking entrepreneurship. Yes. We, we say, yes, I'm going to do this. Or yes, I'm going to hire the coach. And yes, you know, uh, whatever, right? Yes, I'm going to implement Facebook ads. Yes, I'm going to build whatever, like mm -hmm. all the decisions. Mm -hmm. And then we don't commit to the actions and commit period to what it's going to take to actually do that. Yes. Um, uh, and of course, as a coach and then working with coaches, I know a lot of times people hiring the mentorship and the coaching because that's what's going to help them shift. Uh, the money gets in the way. And here's the truth. Money and time are never the problem. Commitment is. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Right? And so commitment is number the second step. And then ultimately, the third step is massive action. And what I say is action annihilates fear. And so oh, yeah. brave, right? It's like once you really see, okay, I made a decision, I committed, I'm going to commit to it. And now I got to take action. So get your credit card out, get put some skin in the game, um, you know, like show up, mm. you know, and then the action itself will, will diminish and annihilate the fear that you're creating because you're making that up as well. Yeah. And then now, now you're brave, you're braving. <laughs> oh, that's a new word. You're braving. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I just made it up. <laughs> well, you need to get that on your bio. I like braving. That's fantastic. I like braving. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That came through. Um, uh, I'll, buy, I'll buy that one, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And so that's what brave's all about. That's what the finding your necessity and, and really being willing to be the thought leader in your business and to be the visionary. Um, you can have a vision. So vision is kind of like, well, that's a great decision. A vision is a decision. There you go. Mm -hmm. However, the integration and the um, the implementation of that vision is your commitment and your action. Totally. And that's and what's so, going to separate the, you know, the boys from mm -hmm. the men, so to speak. That's, yeah. that's the bit that is going to be from getting you from point A to point B. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, you can, you can be sitting on point A and make a decision called, I'm going to point B. And you don't commit to it and you don't take action, so you never get there. Like, totally. And I'm sure you see this too, people making the decision to hire a mentor and that's scary for them and that's the first decision and they decide to mm -hmm. do that but then you know when you're doing something new it feels scary so you hire a mentor to get something to change and then I see people that are fearful to actually implement what their mentor said and then they'd say I you know I'm not getting the results I'm sure you've seen absolutely this um yeah. I had a client just post in one of our, our private Facebook groups today saying that she made the decision to um, put a strategy out on social media that we were talking about in a training yesterday. And she said she was so afraid to put it out there, but she just, you know, she just bit her lip and she did it. She's like, no, Sam told me to do it. I'll do it. And she said, and to wake up this morning, she was so surprised because then she realized how easy that actually was once she'd made the commitment and once she'd taken the action from the yeah. other side, she'd felt, wow, that was actually easy. I don't know what I was so nervous about, but now she's got people that have booked into her calendar and now she's going through that whole cycle again of like, oh no, I've never had 
had to deal with this before. So we were, you know, it, yes. was, it was awesome to see that, that she'd taken action, made that, you know, exactly what I said, made the decision, made the commitment, taken action. But then it doesn't stop there. The fear comes back in different ways because that's just right. setting the ne- in motion the next step where, you know, it's fearful. But once you get that brave on and realize that it's, that it is easier on the other side, it's so yeah. much easier. To, yeah, and to it, move it, through. it really is just 10 seconds of insane brave. That's all you need. Absolutely. Oh. And it's yeah. and like you said, it's never as bad as what you make it out to be in your head. That's right. It's such a, we have such an amazing imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, seriously, was the world going to blow up if we pressed enter on that blog post? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. I love it. So uh, you moved from charging $89 an hour into the, the business that you're doing now where you're charging much more. I know that yeah. setting pricing and asking for money is something that is one of the biggest fears that we have as entrepreneurs for many of us. Um, what are some tips that you can give us around money and money blocks and asking for the sale? Ah, I love it. Um, so yeah, number one is you've, you know, the pricing has to be set. And so in order to set pricing and, uh, and make that decision, right. Number one decision is, um, I always encourage my clients to, to get grounded in a couple things in order to see the value and, um, cause you got to perceive your own value before anyone else can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things I have them do is like make a list of how many years and how much experience do you have and what you're willing to teach someone else. Cause yeah. like the whole thing that we started with is like, we teach from what we know. Yes. Um, then, so experience is number one, get grounded in just how much experience you really bring to the table. Cause I bet it's a lot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, totally. Then, totally. Right. And so then, um, then I would look at what is, what's the demand, you know, that I'm creating, right. The authority and the demand that I'm creating. Number one, yes. At the beginning, you may feel like you don't have much demand, but you have all this experience. So that's mm-hmm. a demand as well. Yes. Um, and then when you start growing your business, which is what's happened to me, it's like, I've been around the block now. I'm not charging $89 an hour anymore. It's just not, doesn't make sense. Um, and so my demand has gone up. My time is more valuable because I have less of it. Um, then, uh, then look at your positioning. So, mm-hmm. um, I always say that you have to position, you have to choose your position. Uh, and so are you going to be the Walmart or the Neiman Marcus or the whatever in, in wherever you are in the world? I don't know what other examples yeah. are but here in the U S Walmart, yeah. Neiman Marcus is the Rolls Royce. Of, of retail and then maybe we have you know the Chevrolet or of, of car if we want yes. to do a car example but they those car companies actually intentionally pick their position and does they do not try to compete with any other car company yes. they stay in their positioning and their lane and so Rolls-Royce requires something it requires the right price it requires the right quality the right value the right um, customer service and you know experience and all these touch points that that create that um, that price point that really makes sense for them right so if you're if you're positioned is Walmart and you're trying to be Neiman Marcus and you're pricing yourself at Neiman Marcus, but you're trying to be Walmart. Yeah. It won't, doesn't work. Yeah. Doesn't work. And so what I find is most coaches and consultants, because we are selling our years and years of expertise and our value and our results, that's what we're selling is that we bring people results. Then we're not hanging out in the, the Walmart world because that's based on volume and low, lowest price, you know, price competition. 
Um, so typically we're hanging out closer to that higher um, value competition. And, uh, and again, I don't believe in competition. I think everybody's got their right clients for themselves. Yes. Uh, and so when you look at experience, when you look at demand, when you look at um, your positioning, then the price starts to make sense. Mm. Right. And, and then you can start to stretch yourself and raise your prices. I mean, I went through this just like six months ago. I'm like, Oh God, I'm going to raise my price. And um, you know, you feel the stretch, but then I'm like, but I'm worth it. <laughs> you yeah, know, totally. getting results and um and uh, you know and honestly people when people pay they pay attention yes right they pay attention they do the work most of them not always yes. i've had people that pay me and i'm like why are you not taking the action yeah yeah um like you're paying me all this money like just do it right just do it but it's usually you know clearly emotional blocks and things get in the way of taking the action on that um, so when you're looking at money blocks, uh, and, and closing the sale back to that question, yes, you got to know your pricing. You got to know what you're offering and you got to know and, and believe in yourself and you got to believe in the kind of the, the offering that you are bringing to people. Um, and closing the sale is not about the sale. It's an enrollment conversation. Um, and so if you're, if you are having a, a strategy session or a discovery call or a sales call, whatever you want to call them. Um, the important thing is not about trying to sell them. It's about enrolling them in what you know you can help them with. And it's about finding out what they value in the moment. I have this concept called PER. Um, and this helped me get out of my head about people's pricing objections. Um, and so PER stands for priority, urgency, and readiness. And mm. people don't buy, they don't buy free when they're not purring. Yeah, that's so, so, so true. Right? <laughs> right? They won't buy, they won't opt in for your freebie if they're not purring for what you have and what they, va what they value and prioritize in the moment. Yes. And so it doesn't matter if it's free or it's $20,000. If they're not purring and ready and also ready to commit, right? That's part of the readiness um, and make the decision, right? all the brave steps that we have to take, they're not going to buy. I mean, it's kind of like, so maybe it's not then, but it may be not, you know, maybe later. Um, and so you've got to sometimes help people stretch uh, and get grounded in your value, get grounded in why you price the way you price. And don't be, a, don't be apologetic about it. Be unapologetic. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then ultimately notice when people are, have a price objection, it's usually not about money and time. It's about commitment. It's about, can I actually do this for myself? Can I make this happen? Mm -hmm. Right? It's usually a, met, a, a missing link around belief about yes. they can actually take this money that they're investing and turn it around and make something out of it. Because they know, especially in the coaching world, that they've got to take the action. The coach is going to tell them, okay, this is what you need to go do. And it's probably going to be a little uncomfortable. They have to know that they're committed to doing whatever it takes. And that's the kind of people I'm looking for. I'm going to handhold you all the way through. I'm going to support you. I'm going to give you the ideas and the, the strategies and the actions. But you've got to trust me enough and trust yourself that you're going to just do it and see the, see the results happen that's going to then ultimately pay back the investment. Totally. Um, and I think that's where we get hung up is we're worried about whether people can afford us versus whether they're purring. Yeah, purring and I, I love this purr um, yeah. because having this, have, understanding this 
actually yeah. helps to make sure they're having the conversations with the right people. What happens when people yeah. are having the conversations constantly with the wrong people is that it starts to eat into their self-confidence and then they're Absolutely. not able to get the sale from or even see. It's like almost like they're blinded to the people that, that, they, that they actually can help and who are ready. It was interesting. Just this morning, I had a call with someone uh, who was telling me that he wants to start this business and he's in a job and he's working you know, 14 or 15 hours a day. Cool. And we started to dive into that. And I said, well, look, you know, obviously, if you want to set your business up on the side, it's going to require more hours. Like that's the end of the story there, you know, and it's the truth. And he said, and I said, right. so you know, out of 10, how committed are you to doing that for a short time to get what you want? So, oh, I don't know, a six or a seven. I went, well, let's just stop this conversation right now. I'm not here to change your mind. Here's some free resources. Right. Go listen to them and let's have this conversation again when it's a priority for him, when the pain That's is right. too big. Uh, and if I had have continued that conversation, that could have eaten into my confidence where there was actually nothing to do about me whatsoever. That's right. That's so good. I, I love quantifying <laughs> intangibles. <laughs> um, I do that all the time. I'm like, oh, a scale of one to 10, right? Because it is, it is so imperative that people really, um, the people you're talking to when you're, you know, enrolling them or, you know, sales conversations, it's so important to, to actually help, help them reflect on yes. where their commitment level is because that's what's missing usually. And if you, yeah, if you give me a six or seven and, I, and I'm a 10 and I'm your coach and I'm a 10, I'm in it with you 100% of the way. You've got to be in 100% too. And it doesn't mean it's not going to be scary or hard or like challenging or stretching or um, those things, but that's why you hire a coach or a mentor is to help you through those times. Uh, in my opinion. Yeah, um, totally. so, yeah, great, great question to ask yeah. somebody. Yeah. This, uh, um, now, going back when you were talking about setting your pricing, I just wanted to, to go back here for just a minute. You were talking yeah, about sure. experience and getting and really understanding the years of experience that, that we have. Now, I know this is something that we're both uh, on the same page about, but I wanted to touch on this very quickly. There's a lot of people that come out of corporate that have been in corporate for maybe, you know, let's say even 20 years. They've got a huge amount of experience, yet they go into a business thinking they're starting at day one. They think, mm -hmm. I can't charge anything because the, I'm on day one. I know how I would answer oh, yeah. this, but I'd love to hear your take on, on how to reframe this thought. Okay. Yes. I have a great analogy. So, um, so um, I would, let's just assume everybody listening knows how to drive a car, mm -hmm. right? And, and so we've been driving cars. We're adults here. So most of us have been driving cars for years and years and years and years. And so we know how to drive. We know how to, our insurance rates even go down because we know how to drive. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yet every couple years we pick a new vehicle. So we get in the vehicle, we may have to figure out a couple of the features and we got to figure out where the windshield wipers are and all this. But in general, we know how to drive. Mm -hmm. We just have a new vehicle. That's what a business is. Business set, putting our new sign in the yard, right? A new, it's what you just said, corporate America, I've been doing this for 20 years, but now I'm going to start a business. All you did was pick a new vehicle. You didn't start over. You just started a business that now you're going to drive yourself into, right? Yep. So you're still the driver. 
And um, so you've been driving in a vehicle called Corporate America. Now you start a business. Now you're going to just keep driving, but you got to figure out a couple things because business is a new car. It, mm -hmm. it does operate a little differently. It does require some different things that you probably didn't have to handle because you were in a Corporate America where somebody else handled it or what have you. But that's what I think people get stuck in is they think that they just started a whole, they're like, oh gosh, I need to learn how to drive. No, you're, you already know how to drive because you're going to most likely start a business around what you already know and what you have tons of experience around. And you're, you're, you know, you're signing up for a new car. And so ideally you want to get, jump into get a coach or a mentor that knows how to run that business um, and support you in the blind spots, support you with, um, you know, the things that you may not understand or know how to implement, uh, but you know what you're doing, right? You're driving, yeah. you've been yeah. driving. I and love so therefore, that. That's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> that is such a great analogy. That is so good. Getting into a new car. And I say just choose the Mercedes, choose the Porsche, <laughs> yes. choose the Audi oh, R8 and leave that Corolla yes. behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what it feels like. It's like, okay, I'm, you know, putting along here in this corporate job or this hourly position or you know, even in business sometimes, oh, that's where I started, right? $89 an hour felt like the Corolla. <laughs> I can't get myself to, you know, get into a higher level here. So, uh, yeah, so it's all about business models and things like that that allow you to position yourself and position your pricing and do all that. And that's why you hire a coach, hire a mentor. But yeah, you you are a driver. You've been driving. Don't don't diminish that. Don't take that value away. Because yeah. um, you know, notice the insurance company uh, trusts you even when you buy a new car. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's so you know good. I mean? Such a good analogy. Yeah. Now, for people that are listening and they they're inspired to become more brave and really step into this or lean into this, um, how can they stay connected with you? Yeah, first and foremost, you can always find me, um, you know, generally at my website, right? Brave Masters with an S dot com. Mm -hmm. uh, but more importantly, I would love to invite your audience or your community uh, over to my free Facebook group, which is at bravemaster.com slash brave FB, FB standing for Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, so brave FB, and it'll redirect you to brave entrepreneurs uh, a group. Um, and it's such an amazing, like supportive, you know, community. And I do a lot of training and Facebook lives and um, things like that. And just to keep you in this brave conversation as well as build your business. So um, would love any of your coaches and consultants out there to join us over there. And, um, and, and maybe you're not quite uh, that, but you've got some type of business and, and just want to get your brave on, you know, I'll bring, bring yourself over there and we can, we can certainly help you. So love that. yeah, that's love a great that. place to start. Yeah. For us to wrap this up and call this episode complete, what is the thought that you would love to leave our listeners with? So I, um, other than get your brave on, I know that's easier said than done sometimes. I think for me, my stand in the world and just for myself, and, it, and I think our stands usually start with self, is that I'm here to do my best while I have, I'm on this earth, is to eradicate unrealized human potential. And, and so I think if I can leave anybody anything, it's to just do it and just trust yourself 
and trust your, you know, your intuition and your gut to know what's right for you. And when you come up to those big challenges and those pivotal moments that require a decision, um, you know, don't overthink it, just make a decision and do it because, you know, magic is on the other side of that action. And, uh, and I just encourage people to, to really, you know, live an authentic life, go after their biggest dreams. Um, Cause why not? Why not you? And, mm. um, and that's, that's what I'm here for as well. That's, that's so, my mission. <laughs> why not you? So, yeah. Why not now? You heard it right here, folks. Yeah. Absolutely. Jenna, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today and braving away and getting our brave on. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab. <laughs>